Welcome to Pushing Forward with Alicia, a podcast that gives disability a voice. Each week, we will explore topics like confidence, ambition, resilience, and finding success against all odds. We are creating a collective community that believes that all things are possible for all people. Open hearts, clear paths, let's go. Welcome back to Pushing Forward with Alicia. This is Alicia, and I'm so excited about this episode today. Our guest today is Amy Wang Hiller. She is a virtuoso violinist born in Shanghai. She started playing the violin when she was three years old. Amy's musical range spans from Baroque to contemporary. She's a violin educator. She's a doctoral student at University of North Texas. She's the creator of the Thrive X Strive Musician Podcast. She advocates for her own illness. She encourages others with disabilities to empower and raise awareness for their rare diseases and spinal cord injury. Over the past few years, she's had spinal complications stemming from cervical instability to tethered cord syndrome. Amy has kept performing all through this, adapts her performances with her unique understanding of her own body and function and her anatomy. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. Amy and I attended sort of a women empowerment retreat weekend called the Rolettes. We met in passing, but I don't think we really like had an opportunity to dive into conversation. No. And- After the roulettes, there was all this posting going on in Instagram. And that's where our paths crossed. I saw you post about who you are and what you do. And there was the most beautiful picture of you sitting in your wheelchair, wearing this beautiful black dress, playing the violin. And it is one of the most stunning pictures I've ever seen of a disabled woman in my entire life. And I was like, I need to meet her. So Thank you again so much for being here. And I'm so excited to dive into your musical talents and all of it. To get started, can you share a little bit about you and your disability? I grew up in Shanghai and there was a lot of small little telltale sign that I have something different, like I have something wrong. But then like it's all resolved, like magically, I would say, like, you know, like you have a flu or something and then people just recovers. But then I had multiple and recurrent. And then my parents are like, you know, Chinese medicine. And so I get better uh, for a couple of years and then something flared up. And especially like when we went through like the teenager year, like puberty and our body changes. And because of my genetic disorder, Alice Down syndrome, it's involved in literally every parts of our body like you know the the cells like the soft tissues and ligaments everything so uh when i was literally a teen i started developing something called POTS so it's postural static tachycardia syndrome um and so basically it's like you change positions really quickly and you get really dizzy and lightheaded um, and because the vessel is not able to pump up the blood to your brain really quickly, so you get like this kind of like sudden racing heart rate. And I was told that um, because my mom said, oh, some people also does 
like some people do have it. And I didn't know by the time she means by um, some people who's going through their, um, what you call it, like, you know, their 50s and 60s, like when they're menopause. Hmm. And then they will feel that way. And I was like, oh, so it's kind of normal. So I just went on my life, you know, like, and then uh, it was not till I would say uh, coming here to North Texas study my doctoral and I started having more symptoms and more symptoms like and it just um, I would say the worst part is me trying to go through a deprivation tank and think that wow that's such a relaxing moment and what I didn't know is that uh, it really relaxed your muscle but the muscle is what holds the head or neck you know together when the ligaments is loose when I got up from the deprivation tank, I was like, I really feel like my head is going to fall off my neck. And it was a scary moment. And I started just holding up my head for the whole entire week. So I ended up doing so much research that I come across with a neurosurgeon that does telecord and talk about uh, the spinal bifida occulta to mm-hmm. be like a very likelihood to have telecourse syndrome. And especially with, you know, the combination of Alice Down syndrome and then with all the other, like a package of like how symptoms developed, I thought all these symptoms, I can just present it to the doctor, but no one listened. But I went with my gut. So it just gradually kind of like making me feel more confident at what is going on that I should believe my body and tell me this all the signals. That's where your advocacy comes in. I love this because I've had a lot of different but similar situations in my own life where you really have to be, we have to be the experts in our own bodies and advocate loudly or things get missed that could be very, very dangerous. I know you're very focused in your platform on, on self-advocacy specifically in, in medicine. Can you talk through that a little bit? So I am a person with a lot of insecurity previously because of mental health. And so sometimes I doubt myself a lot and I will sort of like being very soft-spoken compared to one of my really good friends here. And she was the very opposite. (laughs) But I think, you know, we kind of have to have some medium ground, right? Um, It just to me, like, there is something that we need to keep pushing through. So you have to do your part, but then you know when you have to stop and try to find the right doctors. Um, so you would not exhaust your emotional um, capability to keep that self-advocacy going. And I think it's just learning from my my history I think a lot of time you have to be confident in your own um, body, knowing like every signals, every signs that is telling you something and you should believe in it. We really have to find the right doctor, uh, especially with rare diseases. Uh, they have to have a really desire to learn and curiosity. And this brings up another problem as uh, I recently been told I'm the outlier. I was like, what do you mean by outlier? And I tried to research about it. I was like, that's interesting. It's actually a data. 
a way of they manage data to say there is outlier, so we can delete that. No, we don't need that. But in the healthcare system, that doesn't work.、Mm -hmm. it, I feel like in the healthcare system, it's just like you know me as an educator. You know, my student. Am I gonna be like, oh, they are the outlier? I'm gonna just you know get rid of them. You don't need to learn violin. You know, it's too hard. Um, it's not possible. You're too rare. But what happened is they think that I'm the outlier. I cannot help you. So find someone else. And so I I think this it has to be changed in a way that you have to think about outlier as a or like you know all these people who actually developed such a severe symptoms、um, to not be the outlier. And maybe what. Needs to happen is the medical field needs to start to look at, I'm air quoting outliers as an opportunity to dive deeper and learn more. That's really important work that you're doing. It's intimidating to challenge your doctor, but it's it's required it's required of us. Um, can we shift a little bit? Yeah, your skill as being a violinist. You.、Yes. This has been a lifelong journey for you. Sounds like. You probably have had to adapt your skill over and over and over and over as your disability or、um, your chronic illness has progressed. So、uh, when I just starting having that symptoms, it, of course it's just lower half of my body, right?、Um, but actually evolved so much because nowadays we use iPad, we use foot pedal to、mm. turn the page. And I love it, you know, when you're playing chamber music and you can just like, you know, do that tab and then on the beat, and it's like it's fun and it's so easy to carry, you know, an iPad. But I cannot do that anymore.、Um, and I, well, actually, I can use my fingers tap, but that time, like, you know, just lower half of my body. But、uh, when it gradually moved up, that's when I start noticing the difficulty, and. I would say that every single time there's a stepwise progression, I will pick up my violin and have a little solid fear of if I cannot continue. And it's not just even starting to play; it's involved in beginning of like you know picking up your violin, putting on your shoulder rest, and especially with the bow. So our bow actually have that. Tightening effect, like you know, you have to tighten the bow hair, the horse hair, I would call it,、um, and it's tight. You know, like it, it's actually difficult. So I have to learn like how the joints function, the max range. Like I always talk about the max range of that、uh, our fingers. So using that to be able to leverage and to turn the bow. So yeah. Even before I start, and then you have to evolve in your tuning. So, how do you even tune your violin if your hands are weak? But I do have spasticity, and that helps. So it's just a gradual learning experience. So it's like always you realize that there are things that can do to gradually like recover from the loss of function. Yeah, the longer you go on with the functional loss, it the harder it is, to be honest.、Um, but like the same thing, like every time you just have to have that mindset of like I'm gonna keep going. 
even to this day, I get so many comments saying, "Hey, I think you just have functional neurologic disorder because you can play so well." I was like, "That's exactly my residence." Like the residence of the neuromuscular doctor said to me, "That oh, you can maneuver your bow so well." But the fact is, well, there's a lot of function I don't have, right? And I also have to compensate for it. And the only thing is, probably just me. I would know, but of course, I always willing to explain to people. And if you don't know, I'm trying to work on this project. I don't know if it's gonna eventually go through. I'm hope, like finger cross, hopeful um, that it will be my dissertation topic. Basically, talking about adaptation techniques and all these positional postural modifications and stuff. So,、um, with that, you are able to basically. Free your knuckles, like I said, like with my fingers. You free your knuckles, and then you can drop down your fingers, and you don't need that, that much of force to really play a note, you know. And then people always think that I have to press my fingers so hard. But well, have you tried not to press your fingers so hard? It still can sound just fine. So I think you know people are trying too hard. Using a hundred percent to play something that you can might just use your thirty percent of your effort. This is a perfect time to take a quick break. You are listening to Pushing Forward with Alicia, and we will be right back. If you're an employer looking to motivate and inspire your team through the power of diversity and inclusion, and learn more about disability inclusion in the workplace and how to include disability into your DEI efforts, please check out my keynote speech offerings on AliciaAnderson.com. That's A L Y C I A Anderson with an O dot com. Click on speaking. Welcome back to Pushing Forward with Alicia. This is Alicia. Our guest today is Amy Wang Hiller. She is a virtuoso violinist. She advocates for her own illness. She encourages others with disabilities to empower and raise awareness for their rare diseases and spinal cord injury. It's just like any other industry. It sounds like Amy, when you're trying to advocate for inclusion of people with disabilities to be a musician, to do any certain type of job. We need to challenge the people in the environment that are hiring to think outside of the box and how you can adapt a specific task. What does it look like to be a disabled person, woman in music, from an accessibility standpoint? Stigma. There's definitely a group, like a group of people, that in the music industry that will question you, will doubt you, or you know all that. And I feel like sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes you feel like you have to prove、yeah. how you do it or you can do it, right? And there's also this scarcity initially that about me to share my story is that what if the orchestra that hiring me that don't think that I'm able to play, you know? But essentially, they want they believe you, and then they will not question about it. As long as you show up, you'll be able to do things. You'll be able to play through the concert. That no problem with very high standard. Same thing that they will feel like, yeah, you're qualified. When I would go to job interviews, I would hide my disability until I would get there because I just would feel like I wouldn't get my first wheel in the door of opportunity to even have the conversation. So. 
Um, I think you're really brave to go on these auditions and roll in there and like proudly share your beautiful talents because you are so talented and beautiful and gorgeous. And I think that we're in this space in our environment and society today where seeing these differences in humans in, and including disability in it is so impactful and so powerful. You know, uh, in the acting world, people say always like, you know, you wanted to believe in that character. So if you believe that yourself is confident and you roll up to the stage and just believe in yourself and eventually you in like embodied that type of character and become you. And if that is positive, then you take that. If it's not, then we change, we modify, we do something else. Where are your current projects? The biggest one is probably my dissertation. I wanted to really work on um, talking about my story from the side of like how I adapt and how I can encourage others to adapt. So I think neuroplasticity is kind of being um, underrated sometimes. And it's important, especially in like, you know, uh, music world, especially instrumentalist, we need those kind of neuroplasticity to, we actually do that every day. Right, and we we learn things uh, from the pattern, learn things from repetitions, and so I think it's important for us to keep doing that. And so then, the rest of the whoever, like you know, essentially giving up on music, violin, or whatever instrument, due to their uh, physical illnesses, and it's gonna be like giving that another chance. Because I think you should never give up your true passion. It's just very, um, I don't like to be like depressed and stuff. And But it's its a depressing moment that you have to give up your true passion. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And I think that leads us into your mantra of never give up on your true passion. And at the end of this podcast, we like to talk about like a pushing forward moment. Like, is can you talk through maybe a little bit more on um, what that means to you, like personally? I think one is that to know what's your true passion. And then I hope that everyone is able to find their true passion. And I think if they don't, just keep trying different things. And until like, you know, you can find something that you love so much, uh, you can overcome all these hurdles. Um and the other thing is just because whatever function loss, whatever, you know, we are talking about aging, talking about, you know, with my professor, even recently talking about her uh, illnesses and, you know, we all growing older and then there's always illnesses going on, uh, developing and it's okay that, you know, these things are not going to be um stopping you from pursuing what you love and finding different ways i would say well you know i can still move my fingers oh i can still you know do this this so even at the end of the day you cannot move anything and now there's the technology you know there are so much thing new things coming up and you can always find a way to play music 
or doing whatever, painting, doing things that you love. I love it. That's so beautiful. And I absolutely agree. And I think adaptability is key and all that. And I love it that that's like a big focus because I think finding your true passion, never giving up on it is just having to adapt along the way. Did we miss anything that we need to share? Um, you know, also take a risk. And so you might find something different, something beautiful, something that you can do more than you are doing right now. You find a path forward to achieve. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Will you let our listeners know how to follow you on all of your platforms? Yes, mainly like I'm on Instagram. So my uh, username is Thrive on Wheels with underscore. Um, basically, you can find me with my website, amywongviling.com. I have posted some of my videos and uh, there's all the links and including my Thrivex Drive Musician Podcast. And I just love everyone to, you know, uh, reach out to me about any questions, you know, even if you are a fellow disabled musician and want to talk more, I love you being on my podcast and share more stuff. Um, and if you were a formal, like, you know, a violinist or, you know, violist, anything like that, um, you still want to continue and you want to pick up and I love to helping you out. Um, yeah. And I work with anyone, um, very inclusive and I just try to find a way helping you out and then also helping me out. I love it. Are you working with kids and adults both or? Yes. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Disability or not. Yeah. And I love to work with someone who has disability because I think that you should never exclude anyone with disability and thinking that they are not qualified enough to be a good violinist in the future. You never know. Um, We only have to try. Congratulations on all your successes. We are going to share a little bit of your music so everyone can hear the beautiful art that comes from who you are. And thank you so much, Amy, for spending some time with me today. It was my absolute pleasure to meet you. You are an amazing woman. You really are. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of our listeners for spending time with us again today. This is Pushing Forward with Alicia. And that is how we roll on this podcast. We'll see you next time. If you're an employer looking to motivate and inspire your team through the power of diversity and inclusion and learn more about disability inclusion in the workplace and how to include disability into your DEI efforts, please check out my keynote speech offerings on aliciaanderson.com. That's A-L-Y-C-I-A Anderson with an O dot com. Click on speaking.